All right. Hey, if, if you have a Bible on you, uh, go over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, that comes after 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 11. And uh, we'll get there eventually. I, I have a document on my laptop, uh, and it's called Message Ideas. And I've had it for a couple of years, and basically it's, it's where I dump thoughts. Uh, you know, if I'm going for a walk or I'm reading my Bible and something kind of jumps out or it highlights itself, I have to have somewhere to put all of that. And so I put it there, and there are verses that have stood out or illustrations, and I think, oh, gosh, that'll preach. And so just, just sort of tuck it away, and, and sometimes it really is just a sentence or a statement or, as I said, a verse, and it just enables me to get it out of my head. And a lot of the messages that I bring on a Sunday come out of this document. Sometimes they're there just for a week, sometimes a few months, and some things are still there, and they've been there for, for, for years and years before they actually come become a message. And I've, I've had this thought, and it's just been a, a sentence or two, in this document that I've kind of been ignoring and for good reason, but I just felt stirred over the last couple of days to, to develop this and bring it to you today. So if, uh, if you're taking notes, I've, I've entitled this message, uh, Safe Faith, Safe Faith, which is kind of hard for me to say, but, but I just wanna, I want to challenge this uh, notion or this idea that maybe can kind of linger over our understanding of our faith that, that Jesus is here to uh, wrap us all up in a big, giant, warm blankie and give us a life of ease. All right, and hopefully none of you are going, what? I thought that's exactly what it was about. Uh, this could be disturbing for you today, but... But, but, you know, rather than, rather than that, God, I believe, is, is inviting us to walk with Him on a wild and exciting adventure that's going to require His absolute empowerment and our absolute trust of Him. And it will challenge our desire to play it safe and live an ordinary life, a comfortable life. I want to talk about that this morning. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you for your words and your spirit. I thank you, God, that it's only you who can transform us from the inside out. And, and we do say today, I speak on behalf of everyone listening, that we give you permission to come and challenge us where we need to be challenged. Come and stir us where we need things stirred up on the inside. I thank you that... But it's you who does, does the transformative work, and we give you this time today. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for being here with us in Jesus' name. Uh, some, of, some of you may know that uh, we, the, the Smith family, are in the process of, of building a house. And it's, it's been a very, very long uh, process. I won't uh, bore you with those details, but uh, we've been sort of watching our house being built and what's really been noticeable uh, about this house build to say how they build or built a house five or six years ago is this massive change to the health and safety laws around buildings and 
being on site and, and what actually happens. There's this huge push or has been this huge push, I believe, to try and reduce workplace accidents and stop people from falling off the roof and doing stupid things. And I understand in around 2016 that there was this new law that, was, that came in, the, the, the New Zealand Health and Safety at Work Act, and, and it birthed a whole industry of safety-related products and services and practices. And, and now, you know, there are uh, scaffolding contractors and, and netting installers, like our whole house is covered in these nets on the ceiling to, I think, stop people from falling onto the floor below or bits of wood. There, there, there is health and safety consultants and hazard registers that you've got to be aware of and sign and, and read through. Like, gone are the days that your kids could kind of climb up the framing on a Saturday and play with the builder's nail gun. Okay, that, that never happened. That was probably not a, not a great idea, but, but, but we've seen, like, in, in fact, we've seen society-wide, not just in that one industry, this, this, uh, this push to make life safer, right? Have you noticed that? Cars are safer and, and all sorts of things. Playgrounds are safer. They, yeah, yeah, and, and just to be more safe, to reduce the risk to us of living. And you know that you could say it's a it's a good thing. It's certainly an expensive thing that we've we've seen over the years. And and I've found myself maybe more as or since becoming a parent, but I've found myself being influenced or affected by this this health and safety culture that is kind of over uh, society. And 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 you know as I said, more so as a parent. Like the other day, my my son, there, there is a peach tree just outside our house and he came to me and said dad I want to how do I climb up this thing I was like oh son so I sat him down and said son trees are dangerous things I don't know if we want to climb trees son because you know bad things could happen and I said man you know what when I was his age I was always falling out of trees and getting stuck up trees and calling for someone to to help me like what what has changed about this and I remember a few years ago they they actually cut down trees in schools right to to stop kids from climbing up them and and I remember my best friend he fell out of a tree and broke his leg and and it, trees were fun to climb and what what has happened to me that I they would sort of be hesitant to allow my own kids to do that I just realized it's a it's a different world today and and we want to avoid dangerous things wherever possible right and sometimes it it feels a little bit like we're kind of we wrapping our kids up in bubble wrap and and I remember you know when I came home from school when I was sort of in, in uh, my my primary school years and I would go out to my friend's house and we would take off somewhere on our BMXs and the only instructions we got from mum was basically don't talk to strangers and be home before it gets dark, right? And that was it. And there was no cell phone to, to be kept in, in touch or anything. And, and I just think, man, did my parents actually worry? Because like, today, like, if my kids are out and I don't hear from them every hour on the hour, I'm like, should we ring the police? Like, what if, what if they're stuck up a tree somewhere? Like, how, how, what, do we, what do we need to do? And we just live in such a safety-conscious world where it feels like we're just certainly, for me, that it's far more sensitive to potential dangers. It's a dangerous world out there. We've got to play it safe and be safe and identify hazards and minimize risks. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if this health and safety 
attitude, this health and safety culture, particularly uh, over here in, in the Western world, has in some ways maybe seeped into our faith just a, a, a little bit, where maybe we've started to believe that God is, you know, invested, interested, uh, engaged with me, having a safe, comfortable life. And and that, you know, it's kind of, it's okay, just don't live life too radical, don't put your neck out, don't take too many risks. In fact, try and avoid any risks if you can, and, and certainly avoid any kind of pain, because we just, we don't want any chance of anyone getting, getting hurt, right? And, and I just wonder how this kind of culture, that, how, how that may have seeped into our faith and just sort of caused us to just live a little bit more comfortable and, and a, little less, a little less radical. I remember sharing with the, with the team about, about the potential, the possibility of moving out to Tahuna Nui from, from the city and how I just felt like, man, I think it's time for us as a church whānau to, to break out of familiarity and, and get out of this place we've been in for so long. And, and God wants to do a, a shift in us. And, and I believe he wants to plant us in the community and, and begin to reach families and, and get out here. And, and I remember you know, often coming home after kind of doing these pep talks and having this argument with myself going, man, that's just going to take a whole lot of hard work. <laughs> do I really want to do that? And, and, and what, if we, what if it fails? You know, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just stay where we are, where, where things are a whole lot easier. and We don't have to set up and do all of these things and come earlier. I'm not sure if I want to take those kinds of risks. Maybe we should just play it safe. And I just keep getting this prod from the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's time to move. It's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to shake off familiarity. It's time to get out of those comfort zones and, and take some risks for, for me. And how we're doing that now and we're, we're getting ready for great things. We wouldn't have met people like Louise, right? Uh, if we hadn't have come out here. And who knows who else is, is yet to come. Someone once said that, that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. And, and perhaps that involves, you know, a, 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 a stake or a risk to your, reputa your reputation or a risk to your, to your, to your comfort. There's, there's this quote that I've, I've seen on, online a few times, and I keep seeing it uh, on Instagram, and, and, and you may have heard, heard it as well. It says, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And it's a, it's a, a great quote, and it does you know, appeal to the safety-conscious part of me, going, well, hey, well, the safest place is in, in, God's, in God's will. It's kind of comforting. You know, as I, I, I read the Bible and I, and I look at the life of some of the great heroes, I don't see this quote as, as great theology. Uh, particularly how we, we view the word safe today. And there's actually some context to this quote. It, it actually is a good quote. And I'm going to save the context to the, to the end. But, but I, I believe the center of his will is the best place to find yourselves in. And I believe strongly that we should all pursue and, and attempt and get into the center of his will. But I'm just not sure it's actually the safest place to be in at all. And you know what? We've got to be okay with that and, and get there regardless. 
Because the Bible doesn't paint a particularly strong case for his will being safe. And that is what can kind of upset parts of us a little bit. In, in Romans, uh, uh, Romans 15, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he tells the church in Rome that his desire was to visit them. He wanted to get there, get there for the first time, and, and that it would happen by the will of God. If you read later throughout the book of Acts, we find out that God's will was done. Praise the Lord. Paul did eventually make it to Rome, but he got there by God's will as a prisoner, not a preacher. And it's just a, a little disturbing to realize that God's will in getting Paul to Rome involved Paul getting arrested, shackled on a ship, and eventually shipwrecked. That doesn't sound very safe to me. That doesn't sound very comforting or comfortable. Like God didn't do a great job of risk mitigation and hazard management for Paul in finding the center of his will. And then, and then Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, if you're there, and it's going to come up on the screen, Paul kind of has this moment where he sums up uh, what looking for him that about being in the center of God's will look like. And, and this may not be for everybody, but I'm going to tell you, it's a health and safety nightmare. All right, it's, it, it, says, it says this in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24. Listen to the words of Paul about what it looks like for him to be in the center of God's will. Five times, guys, I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. That's unlucky. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. Paul was just in danger wherever he went and with everyone. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. It just doesn't sound very pleasant, does it? And, and it doesn't sound very safe. And you think about some of the stories of, of our heroes in faith, like Paul was reading uh, recently in the Old Testament about the life of Joseph and how at a very early age, Joseph discovered, he realized God's will for his life was to have great authority and, and have great, great leadership. And he began to have all of these dreams about the will of God over his life. You know the story. And then we read about how God's will, being, being pursuing God's will for his life, involved him being betrayed by his family, thrown into a pit, left for dead, sold to slavery, falsely accused of rape, sentenced to life in a dungeon. And yet, the whole time he was walking in the will of God. I told you this wasn't a popular message, <laughs> right? Like, this is disturbing me. And I don't rather love to preach the kind of that prosperity message about God wants you healthy and wealthy and safe and comfortable and you can have your best life all this sort of stuff and then you start reading about actually there's more to faith there's more to being in the center of his will than than safety 
In fact, I would say that the center of God's will may, in fact, be one of the wildest, most dangerous places that you can ever imagine. But it's the best place to be. It's the best place you could ever be. And for that reason, it's the safest place to be in the center of, of His will. I just think it would be wrong for us as we individually and, and corporately pursue the will of God, find ourselves to be in the center of His will, to, to look for safety, to look for comfort to be the number one sign that we're in the center of His will. It's bad theology. And I'm a firm believer of the goodness of God. Amen? Like that, that is a, a marker post I want to knock into the ground. God is, is, is good. He's a good, good father. But you know what? The truth is, our safety is not his priority. Our redemption is. Our freedom is. His purpose has been worked out in our lives. Ah. His priority as a as a as a good father. I've had uh, I've had the pleasure of of reading C.S. the C.S. Lewis novels, the Chronicles of Narnia, seven books. I don't know if anyone here has has read them before, but I had the pleasure of of reading this to my two daughters who are here uh, this morning. And uh, when they were when they were younger, at bedtime, we'd, we'd go through uh, these novels. First, my eldest child, and then a couple of years later, my second uh, eldest. And I thoroughly recommend those books. They're they're amazing. And it took about a year each to get through all seven books, just a little chapter or two each night. And it's such a brilliant piece of writing that that I think helps my kids and just to get a better perspective of of God. And there's this this one scene in. The, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Mr. Beaver, uh, if you haven't read them, there's animals in this, and they talk, right? And, and, and there's a scene where, where Susan uh, uh, is talking to Mr. Beaver about, about Aslan, who is the, the great lion. And, 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 and the beaver, Susan's surprised when she finds out that Aslan's not a man, he's, he's a lion. She assumed that she was a man, and she asks Mr. Beaver, is he, is he quite safe? He's, is he, I, I should feel rather nervous about, about meeting a lion. And, and I, I've always remembered this response from Mr. Beaver, which I believe tells us something about the nature of God. He says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. It goes on to say, and he is the king. You see, never question his goodness. In another part of that book, they're reminded about Aslan that he is a wild lion. He's not a safe God, but we're safe with him. We just got to remember that when it comes to what he will call us to do. The places that he will put us in, they aren't always going to be comfortable and safety is not necessarily helpful to our faith. But because he's good, he can be trusted. In, uh, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, passage that you'll be familiar with, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. 
His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will. And so I just want to give you very quickly this morning, not a long message, two ways that we get to discover His radical, heart-pounding, sometimes unsafe, exhilarating, but pleasing and perfect will in our lives. And it's kind of simple. How How do I discover God's will for my life? You just need to do two things. You need to get out of this world and get into His world. Write it down if you're taking notes. Get out of this world, number one, and get into His world. Get out of this world. And what I mean is like we're in the world, right? We can't get out of this world, but what we've got to get out of is the patterns of this world. We've got to remove ourselves from the ways of the world, get, get away from how the world thinks, the things that the world values. Do not follow. You want to know how to find his will. You have to not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't follow the way. Don't just go with the foot. Man, there is so much, excuse me, crap out there in the world today. So much stuff, particularly at the moment, floating around, grabbing our attention, telling us this is right and that is wrong. Right? I mean, it's crazy. Caroline and myself, we love watching Netflix and we stumble upon a series and we get a, you know, like a few a few episodes in and then, oh no, just something as it starts to kind of push, you know, the, the values of the world. I'm like, man, I don't know if we can continue watching this. And it's just, we've got to get out of the world's system. Amen. If you want to get into the will of God, get out of the way the world thinks. And then number two, you've got to get into his world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to get into, the, into God's world, into His ways. Meditate on His Word. I actually don't have a Bible here in front of me, and I'm going to need one if anyone wants to throw one at me at some point. Otherwise, it's okay. But, uh, but get out of the patterns of this world. Get out of the... Get, uh, sorry. Get into the patterns of, of God's world. Spend time in His presence. Uh, follow his ways, discover what he values, what he thinks. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And it must be practice for believers. It must be our lifestyle to, to discover what his will is, to discover what his way is, to find out what, what, he, what he thinks. And then, then, and I believe only then will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Get out of the world's ways and get into God's ways. And don't fall for the play it safe, keep it just chill, you know, keep it comfortable, mitigate all the hazards that might happen, identify those things. Listen, the Holy Spirit, this is a word for someone this morning, the Holy Spirit is here, is with us to actually sustain you in the battle, not not to have you avoid it. That's some good preaching right there. The Holy Spirit is here to sustain you in the battle, not to help you avoid it. Not to go, oh, just keep it comfortable. And I'll just kind of put this warm blankie over you. No, he's to actually help you while you're fighting. Help you get the victory. Help sustain you. Help strengthen you. Help empower you. Help, help grace you for what, what lies ahead. Maybe if I could get the band to come, that'd be 
That'd be awesome. Has anyone got a Bible that I could just grab? Maybe just steal one. I just... Oh, thank you. King James. Whoo! Praise God. I read a story about a, a woman in the 1940s called Corrie Tien Boom. Many of you will have heard of her. She was a, a Dutch prisoner. Sorry, she was a Dutch Christian who actually got imprisoned for helping Jews escape the Nazis. And she and her family, her sister and her father and family were responsible for rescuing, saving over 800 lives uh, through an underground network of safe houses that they would hide people in and shift them around. And the story goes that just after midnight on February the 28th, 1944, the Gestapo burst into her family's house and arrested her whole family. And they were imprisoned in a place called Ravensbrück. It was a concentration camp where eventually after not too long, her sister died and, and her father died. And, and she wrote several books, including a famous one called The Hiding Place, which is Corrie Ten Boone's biography about the story of her family's efforts and how she found and shared hope in God while she was in prison, while she was in this concentration camp. And she famously coined the phrase that I, I opened with this morning, the safest place to be is the center of God's will. See, there's context to that. Sometimes we hear that in our health and safety culture, in the environment which we currently live in, we hear these words safe and think comfortable and think risk-free and think a quiet life without any problems. Yet it was Corrie Ten Boom who was facing so much persecution and watching her family die and suffering and risking her life who said, you know what? The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Not safe because of a life that escaped pain, but because of her God that helped her sustain, sustain her in it. And I just want to pray this morning just as we begin to, to wrap up. Firstly, I want to pray for people in pain right now, maybe going through some stuff, facing some difficulties, some, some trials, or maybe you're doing it, doing it tough, that, that God would sustain you and you would find His presence and His strength in this time and, and not to necessarily think of the things that you're going through to, to be a, a sign that you're outside His will. Maybe it's a sign that you're in it. And, and I want to pray for those of us who are, who are willing to say yes again to, to accepting this invitation to living a wild and radical and, and unsafe faith. I just want to read, because it just sort of jumped into my mind, Psalm, Psalm 27. If you've never heard the King James Bible, excuse me. I want to declare... Despite all that I've said, what we find in the center of his will, I love this psalm. It's a psalm of David, and he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my own enemies and foes, came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fall. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of God that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and as well all of the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. Listen, this is what it is like in the center of his will, despite all those things happening. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head is lifted up above my enemies about me. Therefore, I will offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Why don't we stand this morning? I want to pray, as I said, in just a moment, but I'd love us just to sing that bridge of that song if we could. And just think about the things maybe going on in your life, the things where God is calling you and taking you. This be a time of empowerment and strength coming to your life. And let's just declare this. Let's declare this again today.